The You're Still Here podcast is proudly brought to you by Jansport. Jansport, the company known for backpacks. It was actually the only company I ever knew for backpacks. Growing up, it was the only company that I even knew sold backpacks. I can't remember one other logo on somebody else's back other than that Jansport. So Jansport, our official non-sponsor, sponsor of the week. Jansport wants nothing to do with me. They don't even know who I am, but they are our sponsor for the week. And like many of our previous sponsors, I don't even know if they still exist. But that would really be shocking if the company that I only knew for backpacks, I can't even name you another backpack, is now defunct and out of business. What would have overtaken Jansport along the way? Did something happen? But I know it's been many years since I've been in elementary school, but has something come to supplant Jansport backpacks? Did Timberland? Oh, why did I say it like the route? Did Timberland come along and dominate the backpack game? Because something's telling me there's a little Timberland in there. Or does the North Face make backpacks? Does everyone now have like a North Face backpack the same way when I went to college in Boston? Every single pale white chick had that North Face fleece black sweater. Is there the North Face backpack version of that? I have no clue. I have no clue, but if I had to take a calculated guess, something's telling me those Jansports are still killing it out there because they, they didn't go outside of the box. They kept it to backpacks. You didn't see any Jansport hats. Like They weren't like Timberland trying to get the backpack, trying to get the hat, trying to get those boots. Jansport said, no, no, we're just doing backpacks. We're not doing graphing calculators. We're not doing We're doing backpacks. And that's who the You're Still Here podcast is brought to you by today, even though they clearly are not. But it's a perfect time for Jansport Backpacks because we're going back to school. We're headed back to school. I mean, I'm not headed back, but a lot of people are. Right around now is the time that many schools are starting, whether it's elementary schools or high schools, even colleges. They're all getting back right now. And how do I know this? Because you're starting to see the trends take hold on the various social media platforms. Like on TikTok, I saw uh, hashtag Rush Week, this, that, and the other. It's so funny when it comes to Rush Week. That really just means you're going to see a bunch of hot girls in sororities. I never saw one uh, fraternity guy getting whacked in the ass uh, with a wooden... Oh, wait, do they still do that? That's very frowned upon now, right? That's very, very frowned upon, right? Like the hazing. and Look, I don't know what to tell you. I wasn't in a fraternity. I always looked at that like buying friends, but I don't blame anyone. I know there were certain schools you had to get into a fraternity or else you couldn't be a part of the uh, social scene and whatnot. I went to college in Boston. It was in the middle of the city. You didn't need to be with a fraternity because it's not like the whole nightlife depended on it. But I never saw on TikTok any of these fraternity videos. The only videos I saw were these rush sorority videos where you'd see like 600 girls. It seemed like 600 girls like piling by the front door of a house, kind of screaming the name of their sorority. And some of these girls were so excited. It was wild. But I'll tell you what, this did not look alluring. It looked like a, a nightmare. A bunch of loud people just screaming. It didn't look that fun. I'll tell you that. Like If I was a girl, I would not look at this group of people. I'm like, oh, yes, sign me up for that. However... Something tells me if I, you were to go to one of those parties in that house, it would seem way more fun than the front-facing social media videos that these people concoct and throw out there. So yes, the Rush Week videos, the Greek Life videos was one way 
to remind me that school was back. And another was actually through some of these new TikTok trends, which are not dissimilar to previous TikTok trends, where you see somebody and they just use a song, like a song takes off, a random song. It's hard to pick out which one's going to take off. And then everybody starts doing a dance affiliated with the song. And that's kind of understood, right? You know, there's this move and it's gaining in popularity. But the thing that's hilarious about it are the captions that they put with it. Not too dissimilar from what you used to see on Instagram and what I've bashed on a million times of the girl leaning over a lake, looking down yonder, and then quoting Gandhi in the comment section like it wasn't about her big, fat, juicy ass being desired by every person viewing that picture. No, no, no. She made it about the Gandhi-esque quote in the caption. Well, similarly, because, you know, TikTok is not a picture environment, so now what they do, they find these mostly sexy dances— like they're kind of exotic dances for the most part. And, you know, that, that, that sounds like a stuffy old grandpa, but I just, I'm, it doesn't look like a Britney Spears music video. Actually, that's exactly what it looks like because, you know, she was a slave for you. It looks like I'm a slave for you. Slave for you. And the best part about it, they overlay the text describing what this dance is meaning for them. And many times... It's like these rudimentary concepts, like getting that Dunkin' coffee in the morning and just blasting this borderline stripper dance. Oh, so that's what getting Dunkin' Donuts is in the morning to you? Dancing like Britney Spears, I'm a slave for you on your way to Dunkin' Donuts? No, you just want to look really sexy in this dance and you're conveniently using this caption as an excuse. And that's a long-winded way for me to say, I saw this teacher. I saw a teacher in a classroom. And the caption reads, as she's doing this dance to the song, uh, it's an old school song, but remix, Let's Groove, a remix of it is taken off. So everybody's doing their version of the dance. And this teacher is dancing and it says, when it's Friday and your students just left and she's in an empty classroom doing this dance with like the, you see the students chairs in the back and it kind of gives you this vibe like, oh, the students are gone and now I'm going to let loose and then your mind starts to wander. What else is she doing in that classroom? And then it got me to thinking, how are these kids not just snapping their carrot? And you know what I'm talking about all day long to this video. Like this video, I swear, I'm not being some old stickler. Like, you know this about me. My morals are pretty loose. This is not coming from a judgmental perspective. I don't care about her. I don't care about these kids. I hope they all end up miserable. That's not true. But... I have no moral conundrums with this. I'm just wondering, like, are these kids just beating off to this video over? They have to be. Because if you were to watch this video, like the best way I can describe it, the dance, if you if you blurred your eyes, like I would have to blur my eyes, but I guess if you're a person with bad vision, imagine taking off your glasses and you had to describe the dance that you were watching. You'd say that, I don't know, is it kind of like some sort of stripper dance or something? It's got some rolls in it. It's got hips moving. It's got that ass popping out. And if you're a kid and you have a hot teacher, which she is, and you have this video of your teacher, you're beating off to it a whole hell of a lot. I know I may be young. When I was in high school, all I had was the black and white picture of the teacher I wanted from the yearbook. And I may do with that. You can imagine if I had these TikTok videos of her literally looking like somebody from Showgirls. And just if you don't know what Showgirls is, either Google it or 
just understand it's a, a lot of strippers. Get it, get it, get it, get it. If I had that video, my God. It. Uh, it just feels good. I got news for you. It, People are losing their virginity at 12 out there, okay? So I don't want to hear that if a kid is 10 years old. No, he, he's thinking things. He's seeing things, and he's typing things on his phone. Look at me like I'm a little girl. That's a weird gray area. I don't want to delve. That's a weird area. You know, I have a younger brother who's much younger than me. And when I was, uh, you know, a full-grown adult, he was still in high school. So if this kid asked me for advice... I'm just going to admit this is not stuff that he said, but let me just give you a theoretical example of something him and his friends uh, could potentially ask me. Hey, like, what do you do if uh, she kind of lets you give it to her in the ass? And then... am I allowed to answer these questions? These are all underage people and they're asking me for sexual advice, but this is my brother. But is it illegal to give my brother advice or do i have to give him like chalk watered down advice that's are there legal ramifications for giving a family member advice and then if his friends are next to him and they hear my advice to my brother and am i now liable it's a real weird thing but i got news for you family first okay he wanted that advice he got that advice whatever it was and if i go to jail who knows maybe i'll i'll get a cool corrections officer like that girl who got fired because she was having sex with multiple inmates pridefully too she was proud of this she didn't even deny it she didn't say it was a mistake she's like no i wanted to i wanted to oh yeah you could look up this story it's relatively recent there's this corrections officer who was just banging a bunch of the inmates i believe or if she wasn't banging them i honestly believe it was a glory hole-esque where they were sticking it through the bars and she had no shame about it, which I respect. I never mind anybody who just is honest about what they're doing. Like, hey, look, I did it. That guy, he, he's in here for parking tickets. He's not a menace to society. I like them. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know if he, I'm sure those guys were a few of them in there for more than just parking tickets. But maybe I'll end up in there with a cool CEO like her. And by the way, you want to know how it ended for that girl? She's completely fine because she became the girl who got fired for banging a bunch of inmates. So what did she do? Created an OnlyFans and supposedly made like hundreds of thousand dollars within a week. Yep. And I would say if that teacher who was dancing in a provocative fashion in the same room where she was teaching, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, PEMDAS, a couple hours earlier, then she would be able to take her talents to OnlyFans too if she was unfortunately, you know, lost her job because if somebody complained. I mean, I never would. I don't think anybody should lose their job. But if she did, there would be a fat stack of cash waiting for her on OnlyFans, just like there is everybody else enshrined in controversy. It's a hell of a fail-safe. The, oh, I just did something crazy, but it's all right because now it's going to make the news and I'm going to be the girl from that story who now has an OnlyFans and is quadrupling my earnings on it. However, as many of you now know, one of the biggest headlines of the week is OnlyFans announced that you are no longer allowed to share or upload sexually explicit images or videos starting on October 1st. And I'm convinced that Roger Goodell has set this up with the NFL coming into play now. I don't think he's happy that they were down like 0.01% viewership and he's just trying to eliminate 
anything that could have potentially gotten in the way of that. Because I'm telling you, Roger Goodell is the most powerful man in our country. You might not believe you think it's the president, you think it's Fauci, it's Roger Goodell. Of all these businesses, industries, governments who have been in flux during the coronavirus, they've been thrown all over the place. They got to adjust schedules and cancel this and cancel that. You know who hasn't missed one game, one week, one offseason? Yeah, the NFL. They're bigger than the coronavirus. They're bigger than the vaccines. And OnlyFans made some headway. And I don't think Goodell was happy about that. So he yanked the cord on the porn. I'd like to say I'm surprised, but this is no shock at all. That's what these companies do. Hell, that's what people do. They dump the very people who they wouldn't have existed without. Like, they built this platform. I don't even know who they are. Uh, People who kind of didn't have a great way to make money, so they just kind of, I don't know, even though they're regular people turned into mini prostitutes. They built the OnlyFans. (laughs) They built the, the Facebook. They built OnlyFans. Without these kind of half porn stars only fans is not a name that you even know and then as soon as only fans can discard them for greener pastures they do it's no different on youtube youtube which is the mega monopoly massive company what was it built on people like i don't want to say me but people just uploading videos two girls one cup help build the brand known as youtube but obviously you're not going to see you in two girls, one cup on there anymore. My new haircut and all the original viral videos and then the creators. You know, I don't love these Logan Paul people, but it's not. They are, were a crucial piece. They helped build YouTube to that massive giant that it currently is. And now when you go to YouTube, they just shove all the mainstream companies in your face. Never the creators. You're never going to learn about a new creator on YouTube because they stymied all of them. And in fact, there are many videos that show this. It shows the amount, like, let's say there's a neutral issue that comes out. I'm going to, uh, I'll choose a news issue. Okay. I'm just going to say something simple. The The Taliban take over Afghanistan. That's a, a well-accepted thing that just happened. Now, if you type in Taliban take over Afghanistan, it's just going to show you NBC, CBS, despite if you go further down, you go to like page six and you see some of the independent creators, they'll have like 20 times the views because the people have to go seek them out. But in a fair world, why are they not at the top? They are the have the most desired videos on the topic. And it's because YouTube chucked its creators to the side the same way you're seeing OnlyFans chuck its porn stars to the side. And I guess in their defense, chucking some porn stars who have only been on there for under a year is a hell of a lot different than chucking the people who over the course of a decade built their audience and brand on YouTube only to be disposed of like a used condom. So that, you know, NBC can be the first on every single news search. You can, you can literally search for Global Guts Nickelodeon 1992, and it's going to show you a new NBC news video. Do you have it? It's garbage. Well, it's not garbage. It's just garbage how they did that. Hey, NBC, you want the top billing? Then come out with a good video that people want to see, and then you deserve it. But no, no, you're going to circumnavigate that and use YouTube because YouTube, like I said, discarded us all. And I, I say us, but discarded all the creators like used condoms. I never gave a chance for YouTube. I never spent all my time on YouTube because by the time I really started investing myself into creating stuff, you started to see that censorship 
now you're seeing them censor doctors, censor, they'll censor anyone. So yeah, that's one of the main reasons I've never invested a ton of energy in YouTube. I dabble, I put some stuff on there, but I never, when you say put all your eggs in one basket, I would have never done that with YouTube. Because like I said, they would have discarded me like a used condom and as a non-condom wear, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm joking. Everybody wear the thickest condoms that are out there, like masks, double condoms, okay? Triple condoms and the vaccine. So speaking of that last story, other than OnlyFans, I think this may rank a little ahead of OnlyFans on the global scale, but it's the aforementioned Taliban. Last week I'd mentioned, no matter how bad your life is, it ain't as bad as somebody hanging onto a plane leaving Afghanistan. And I know that sounds mean, but there's a certain element of that that's true. Okay? No, no matter how rough things are going for you, man, they could be going worse. But one of the stories that emerged was that one of the major censor factories, other than YouTube, YouTube and Twitter, they're the big two. The big two. The other ones are up there, but YouTube and Twitter, oh, they'll take they'll take that. You put up your birth certificate, they'll take that down. They'll say it's false information. On Twitter, Snopes would call your birth certificate somewhat misleading. Yep, Twitter and YouTube, the garbage missionary sex of content. You're not allowed to do anything outside the norm, and if you do anything that contradicts the mob and you do not show up in front of them and beg for forgiveness at a confession, oh yeah, these people on Twitter, they want you to repent. They want you to show up before the mob at their behest and perform a confession for them and apologize to everyone under the sun for ever even existing. I just for once want somebody to say, yeah, I actually said that 10 years ago. How about I check out your gambling tickets from 10 years ago? I'm sure those don't look too great either. Don't ever apologize to those people, okay? I'm not going to appear before the Twitter masses at the behest of the mob and offer any sort of apologies, and neither should you. Oh, and that's a perfect time for our scam of the week. It's a scam. That's a scam. What a scam that was. So this was all a scam, huh? The scam of the week is confession. Confession. You show up to some room where some guy from Trenton, New Jersey is waiting for you, and now you have to tell him all these sinister thoughts, and in some cases more than thoughts, actions that you've taken part in since when? The last time you've been there? And by the way, in no way, shape, or form is this bashing religion. Religion is good. It's great. There are many religious principles I think I live by. I mean, I'm still coveting a couple neighbors' wives out there, but there's no way I'm telling John from Cincinnati, who's sitting behind that door at confession, that I'm having those feelings. Okay? This guy, John from Cincinnati, behind the booth, who buys Hanes undershirts in three packs and actually has a fantasy football draft on Labor Day. This guy is going to learn all of my sins? Oh, yeah, who's checking his? Who does he have to? Does he have a higher up? Does the confession have a confession? Yes, so the confession scam. Don't apologize to John from Cincinnati who's just sitting in a booth before his fantasy football draft, and don't apologize to anybody on Twitter. And I really mean that one. And yes, I am aware that many of those apologies are pre-planned and P 
PR companies put them out and they tell the person that they have to. But at the end of the day, you have to have a sack of balls in some way, shape or form. And I know you're going to say, I know you're going to say like, oh, easy to say from your perspective. Just wait until I get an opportunity to prove it. As Billy Madison once said, I can and I will. Oh, I can and I will. The Taliban's on Twitter. What what is their handle? I really try not to go too deep into Twitter stuff, but what's the Taliban's handle? Is it really at the Taliban? Because there is something that's kind of funny about that. At the Taliban. Do you imagine like they commented on just generic posts? Because, you know, when you think of the Taliban, you, you only think that they're involved with these mischievous and newsworthy headlines. But I'm sure you saw that video of them working out in the gym, right? I mean, that was sheer comedy. That was straight comedy. Them on like the flies machine. They had no clue what they were doing. And similarly, do you imagine this Taliban Twitter account actually just commented on generic posts? Like all of a sudden you saw the Seattle Kraken, the new NHL team based in Seattle says, hey, fans, we're looking forward to having you in our nice brand new building. Security is off the charts. And the Taliban just comments. With the eyes, you know, like those side eyes and an airplane. Is it going to go like that? Are you allowed to just reach out to them? Like, am I, as a Twitter user, allowed to just at the Taliban? I can just ask them a question tonight at the Taliban. Hey, does it get real colder in the winters there? Or are they a no frills group? That's what I want to know. Like, does the Taliban have a lighter side? Do they say like, oh man, you don't want to be here in December. Oh, those coyotes out there in the desert. Don't think I'll be making many trips out to Afghanistan anytime in the near future. Yeah, I wouldn't fit it in the Middle East. Not really the environment for me. I'd be like uh, me kind of going to one of those Nashville country concerts that so many people tell me that I need to go to. Anybody who passes through Nashville, they always tell me, or anybody, even if they're not in Nashville, you have those random crowds here in New York who are obsessed with country, which is an interesting conundrum, but there are quite a few of them. And they say, you got to go to those country concerts, man. You got to see how hot the girls are at the country concerts and they're all partying. They're in a great mood. Yeah, I don't know anything. The last country singer I can name you is Garth Brooks. I actually think that's the only country singer I can name. Or whatever, whoever sings the, the Sunday Night Football, uh, Carrie Underwood. I don't know one song. So how is this going to work out for me? Like, these people love this. If somebody came to a hockey game because they heard a bunch of good-looking guys were there and they just tried to pass it off like they loved hockey, and then I asked them one question, literally the simplest question, who's your favorite player? And if this person said, uh, Wayne Gretzky, because that's the equivalent of what I know for country. I know Garth Brooks. And I can't even tell you one song that Garth Brooks sings. I just know that name, Garth Brooks. I tried telling people, I understand. I want the women of country. I just don't, I can't pass. They go, well, just fake it, man. Fake it. Look at me. Look at me. Dude, do I look like I'm going to fit in? Do I look like a guy who could put on those those cowboy boots and tuck in my button-down shirt and throw on a cowboy hat. I look like I should be serving up sausages at the San Gennaro Feast. I look like somebody who almost got cast on The Sopranos, but he just wasn't quite 
Guinea enough. Oh, oh. I, I'm more out of place. I, you know what I would be like there? I'd be like Daniel LaRusso, the karate kid, when he went to Reseda. He's got the tan. He's got the New York twang. Oh, am I just getting in on stereotypes? It's not like that. Well, I, what do you want me to say? Sometimes stereotypes might be true. Maybe these Nashville country concert stereotypes are true. Okay? I'm a tan Italian with a big nose who likes marinara sauce. And I talk a lot and I'm loud and so is my family. Sometimes... The stereotypes do align. Hey. But honestly, I, I, I don't know where I, I probably fit in less. A Nashville country scene, like those strip of bars you see with people singing live. By the way, and I know many of you are going to hate this. Many of you are going to hate what I'm about to say. Um, I'm not really going to fight back on it because I understand a lot of people like it. But whether it's bars, weddings, I hate live music. I hate live music. And that's probably one of the another reasons I would suck in Nashville, because it seems like every bar that I see, at least on social media, big live music vibe. And in defense of not liking live music, I'm going to use weddings, which is a perfect example. Every wedding I see with live music, yeah, the live music can kind of get people dancing. But anytime you truly want to get the maximum vibe, a DJ always does it because there's there's always limitations to what a band can do or just the vibe a band can emit. You're kind of stuck in that same vibe. There aren't many huge shifts like you can cut to that dance floor at 730. It's going to look relatively the same with relatively the same tempo at 1115. And that's what would happen. And like I was about to say, I don't know who would be more out of place, me in Nashville or like me in Boston when I went to school in Boston. You know, this is a true story. When I was in San Diego, this guy, he was, um, you know, pardon this term, but he was the whitest of white trash. He was like that inland California. I don't expect everybody to know about this, but when you go inland and from California, so, okay, let's, let's take a, a place that people would probably know Newport beach. You know, there's a lot of bro dirt bags there. Then you drive inland like an hour. Those are the kind of people like, you know, every single person is affiliated with an MMA gym, that kind of crowd, you know, this kid, he's in a, the best way I could describe the place, kind of like a, ugh, a place that's open late where you can kind of get snacks, bagels, stuff like that. And this guy is arguing that he paid like $3 for something. And the guy was like, I haven't received any payment. And the, he was telling the guy behind the counter, like, no, I paid you already. He was clearly bullshitting and he was really getting aggressive. And I was just like, come on, man, leave this guy alone. And then this guy goes to me, why don't you shut the F up, you beaner? That's what he called me. He called me a beaner. And for those of you who don't know, beaner is a very, very derogatory term for a Mexican person. And, uh, you know, that was offensive to me. I was offended because, you know, not that he called me Mexican, but I am way too tall to be a Mexican. Show me one six foot tall guy that's a Mexican. It's very rare. I've been, there's certain neighborhoods, a lot of Mexicans, even up here in New York, or even when I lived in Southern California, I've never not been able to see the swirly cowlick on the top of a Mexican guy's head. Okay. 
There's actually this legendary picture of me in Acapulco, Mexico. And by legendary, I mean it's actually just a regular picture that's on one of my jump drives. And very few other people outside of a small group of friends even know it exists. But there's a picture of me where I'm with four Mexican girls who are working the McDonald's. And they took a picture with me in their McDonald's attire. And these girls are hardly above my waist. And I'm not that tall of a guy. I'm six feet tall. The classic, the bare minimum, by the way, on dating apps. I meet the requirement for guy by zero inches. That's the demand for height. The minimum hinge requirement is twice as tall as the girls in this Acapulco photo. And in this picture, I feel like I want to show it to you, but it's so embarrassing. I'm wearing the biggest shorts you've ever seen in your life. Like, I know some of my younger brother's friends, if you wear shorts past your knee, they call you Adam Sandler. That's just what they call you. Oh, he's Adam Sandler. Well, they're even longer than that. These girls, I could have shoved two of them like a clown car. I could have shoved them all up my shorts. That's how big these Jordan shorts were. Hey. They were in at the time, and actually on that trip, I I know this sounds crazy, but there was bartering that was allowed, and I traded one pair of Jordan shorts for five banana daiquiris and two Coronas on the beach. I didn't take them right off me. I actually had another pair of shorts with me in my backpack and just traded them with the guy for banana daiquiris and two Coronas. So these OnlyFans people, I'm just a little scared now that they got no home. They're looking around. Where are they going to storm? I'm worried. I've been slowly developing my Patreon. I got a couple patrons on there. And the last thing I need are these girls coming in and just steamrolling me. Like in The Lion King when Simba just got waxed under there and he just emerged from the pile of dust. I'm hoping they go to one of those other, like there's a couple websites that are, they're kind of like fake. There's a just for fans. We're all fans. We got a bunch of fans, whatever those websites are. Hopefully they go over there. Also Patreon. I feel like it's a little too technical for them. You got to set up tiers and you could give all sorts of different options. It's just more difficult. I feel like there's more uh, hoops to jump through if you want to use Patreon, but for someone like me, (laughs) it's quite ideal. Because, like, I don't know if you've noticed, some of my stuff is getting a little bit more explicit. I I had somebody reach out to me and let me know. But the way I look at this stuff is the more I see something happen, the more I see a guy on Jeopardy have his offer to host Jeopardy rescinded because of some podcast he made 10 years ago, which would be the equivalent of me kind of slowly taking off. And in 10 years, they listen to this episode right here and say, oh my God, he talked about how he would masturbate to a black and white picture of his teacher from high school. He can't host Jeopardy. The more I see stuff like that going on, the harder I push the other way. And look, if you listen to these podcasts, I'm sure you know there's not many hateful bones in my body This is predominantly for entertainment, but you got to push the envelope, okay? You got to push the envelope. And who knows, any given day, those overlords who deemed your own birth certificate factually incorrect, they might boot you off the platforms. That's why I would love people to join me on that Patreon. I've kind of set some things up where while I'm working on longer projects, I give updates on there and actually post clips. I do want to make sure that I'm putting something there that really makes it worth your money, however much you want to put towards it. And like I said, this money goes back towards the podcast. And also it would put a smile on my face. It really would. I would get happy when I see Leroy Jenkins has joined the Patreon. 
All right, everyone, I think that's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you for coming back for another episode. I had a great time, as always. You know, we talked about some good things today. We talked about at the Taliban on Twitter, the OnlyFans debacle, and where the horde of whores are going to head after October 1st. I guess time will tell. Talked about the confession scam and why you should never apologize to anyone on Twitter. It was a good, eventful, productive week for you, for me, and for Miss Lippy too. All right, everyone, take it easy. I will be back next week.